0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipness.
1: You ever notice there are those people that walk into a room and they just light it up, they've got self-confidence, they, they look like they're in charge, or people that host events and they get 100, 200, 300 people, or they're running a business and it's running well. And all of us as business owners, look at this people and be like, I wish I had a little of that. And the fact is we all have it in us. We just don't always know how to bring it out, whether it's branding, whether it's confidence, whether it's working on the inside to show the outside. So often we work on the outside thinking that's what's necessary. We're gonna dig into why it works, how you do it and the steps you can take to bring that inner confidence out. And when you walk into a room, really light it up. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast. Thank you so much for taking a moment to join me and uh, my guest today. We're going to have a really fun conversation. But first, I do want to thank my sponsor, Craig Shelley Beverly Hills, a jewelry brand with a purpose. Every piece of jewelry, every high-end watch they sell has a charitable component. They make a donation to charity. They actually partner with me on my charity with the Diabetes Association. Just great people to have. Go to CraigShelly.com and check out their stuff. They've got some great Father's Day deals for people listening right now, and every holiday they're going to have new stuff. And I also want to thank the C Suite Network for um, hosting the show and promoting us out there to the world. They do a great job and and do great things for all of their clientele through their podcast network. Today's guest is an actress and a speaker and a coach and a trainer and a brand specialist and is sold stuff on TV. She's done it all in lots of cool ways. And we're going to talk a little bit about her story, but how she learned through everything that she's done to help people bring the inside out in their business and their life. Sandra D. Robinson, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be so fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
1: you got it. And um, right, I always talk about the entrepreneurial journey and the lessons that you learned along the way. There are oh. some people that were like born selling stuff. They were selling t-shirts in their, you know, in their <laughs> kindergarten class. Yes. And there are others that took a different path. You, you weren't out there selling traditionally, but you no. learned a little bit along the way in your prior career. Tell us a little bit about the beginning of your journey from yeah. eighteen nineteen 19, when um, um, your acting career and everything else you did.
0: Yeah, happy to do that because it's not at all what people think. Uh, (laughs) So when you say there's people that were born, you know, selling things. And I know those people like as a kid, you know, they would have other people mowing lawns for them and making money. And I just look at that and go, that's freaking amazing. I was never even like a lemonade stand girl. I was so afraid to speak to anybody. Um, but I had this weird notion ever since I was a kid that, and I remember apparently I was like five years old and a neighbor said, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, do that with kids. And I, I must've said, I want to be an actress. And I do not have any idea where that came from, unless it was a God download, because we didn't know anybody that performed. (laughs) I mean, I certainly would think, you know, as an adult that to be an actress, you have to be pretty confident. I certainly was not. I was fed a lot of really negative stuff about myself, my body, my looks, um, my intelligence from my mother. And that's a pretty important person for a girl. And right. my my father was wonderful in his own way, but he was reserved. And you know, he just he did the best that he could. But he came from a background that didn't really show a lot of love and affection. And so I relied mostly on the person I was around the most, which is my mom. And so that that was the funny thing. I ended up becoming an actor so that it didn't have to be me because that seemed like a safe place. <laughs> Would you look at it like, well, actually if I can't if, I, if I'm not worth anything, I'm gonna pretend to be somebody else. And like as bizarre and childlike as that sounded, that was my escape. That was my survival mechanism and and it worked because I ended up getting paid for it rather well for a long period of time. Um, and so in essence, I was paid to be inauthentic. And now my specialty is helping people find their authentic core so they can lead and communicate from there. So there is a long, sorted, torturous journey throughout that. Um, but I was not natural at selling. I think that the best people that are salespeople that can sell ice to an Eskimo can just fall into it in a second. And they come from this place of just instant connection. And I had to learn that. I had to pull that out of myself to be able to actually have a conversation with somebody, and so i that's one of the reasons that I do what I do is I can see where people are holding themselves up because I've been there. you know I know right. the inhibitions, I know the fear, I know the trepidation and the fear of being vulnerable. boy, do I know that um and I think for the entrepreneur, that sense of being vulnerable is really up in the front I mean you really have to be settled in who you are authentically, what your values are, what your purpose is, what your passion is, and you can handle the stuff that comes at you. Um, It was was a long journey for me, actually. And I'm grateful to have acting to have been able to hide as I went through that journey. And I do mean hide, even though I was on TV sometimes every week, every day um, for a lot of it, because I did soap operas. So it was every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I was actually in essence hiding until I could actually find
1: my own voice. And I, I didn't know that about you. We did, we hadn't talked about that in, in yeah. our conversations, but the, the stereotypical actor is one of two things. Either mom drags them around to every audition when they're <laughs> yes. kids to the point of pain, or they leave home at 17 in the middle of the night with a backpack, move to LA and wake tables and have to sell themselves every minute of every day, trying yes. to get that commercial in hopes they get, they get spotted. I'm assuming so, reality is somewhere in between, but I'll tell us a little bit about that because however you started at some point, you had to go on auditions, which yeah. is a sales presentation. Yes. Even if you didn't think about it that way.
0: It is. Um, and you're right. There is that, that it seems like it's such a vast, you know, right and left that like they're dragged around as a kid, uh, which I have seen. Because I did casting for a while, and I cast mostly kids for commercials, and yes, I saw that for sure. Um, but there's the other side of it where you leave town at you know 17, and you head to LA, and, and I was 18, and I went to New York. But um, I actually went to New York. I was a little bit of an anomaly. I was a little strange. I I was auditioning while still living at home with mom and dad in Pittsburgh, and I got my first job on a show called Another World. I played that role for all told nine years. So I had a nine year run with that one character. Um, And that led me in between, I was doing other shows and I was doing nighttime stuff and it still pops up every once in a while, but I went from show to show to show to show. And for the longest time, I didn't do anything at all except act i never did the, the waitressing thing and i would look at my friends that did the waitressing stuff and i would go why are you doing this and they had such incredible passion that i had one friend who i adored she had had a torturous night of working you know just basically you know throwing herself at people that treated her horribly at a, at a restaurant and telling me what they were saying to her and how awful it was and i said why are you doing this and she said so that i can pay for my acting lessons and get a job as an actress because and she said i quote I would just shrivel up and die if i couldn't act and her passion her passion as an artist i mean if you talk to artists that have that kind of passion it's like wow that's where the stuff really good stuff comes from and i have to tell you at that moment i went wow that's not me (laughs) <laughs> like, I like the paycheck, I dig the job, I would not die if I didn't have to do this again. And that was, believe it or not, the eye-opening moment that I was like, well, what am I passionate about? What will I stand for no matter what? What will get me out of bed no matter what? I mean, I loved what I did, I would get out of bed with no sleep, and I did that plenty of times to to take the work on, on TV. Um, because I knew that I was at least good enough at it that I would keep getting called back and I would get more work. So there was something that was definitely fulfilling me in it, but I did feel a call to something different, something bigger. And that's what, like we're talking about entrepreneurs, right, And that, that listen to your show. And I truly think that there has to be something inside of you that is a purpose that is so strong, that like that girl that I looked at and I was like, wow, I would shrivel up and die if I couldn't do this. Well. That's a huge why. That's a, yes. that's a huge push to to get up and do something and make things happen and, and go through bad days. And because we're all gonna have those crappy ass days and like, man, why am I doing this? Oh yeah, that's right. You know? Um, so that that I think was probably one of the biggest the biggest lessons um, for me. And as an actor, yes, I had to sell myself to, answer, to come around to answer your question. Yes, I did. And in, in a very naive way, I will say, the lesson from how I got jobs was I actually walked in, especially in the beginning when I was just kind of on fire. I had five screen tests in four months and I thought that that was crazy because I wasn't booking a job. There are people that are so talented and study so hard and they get maybe an audition in 10 years. I mean, that's actually the sad truth of the art. Um, So I was very lucky in the beginning, but then I look back and go, you know, it was more than luck. It was this little girl from the Midwest that walked in and go, okay, I'm here for my role. I literally <laughs> thought that that's what, I, that's what I was there for. Like it never occurred to me that I would fail. And I truly think that there's something wonderfully naive, but there's something to learn about that. That my focus was, un, it, was un, it was totally clear. There was It was unblocked. There was nothing that was in my way because I didn't know any better. So that speaks to vision. For entrepreneurs and for inventors and for people that are trying to create something, that vision is so very important that even me as a naive kid, you know, I fell into that and realized, oh, that's something I should hold on to. It's not easy to hold on to it, but.
1: Well, yeah. It, it's, it's, what, what's the saying? It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right? No, simple can Wait, be very deep. <laughs> you, you talk to any successful salesperson entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right, they come in all shapes and sizes, because sometimes the entrepreneur is really the idea person, or they're the action taker, they might yeah. not be the person that sells. But um, for, for most of the people, that listen, you're probably strategizing, and, and inventing, and selling, and doing everything. But um, you talk to every gate salesperson, and they just know they're getting a sale.
0: Yes, they like assume the it. Like the
1: know is the anomaly, and yes. they're not asses about it it's and it's not like a super arrogant it's they walk in being like i've got something amazing that this person needs yes and they're gonna say yes and not to make everything acting to entrepreneur acting doctor doer but from this standpoint like you walked into those auditions of like this is my role i'm gonna go play it and then i'm gonna get the job um talk a little bit about that because you told me that at the beginning especially like you didn't see the similarities between entrepreneurship and acting oh like you no didn't see yourself selling you didn't necessarily see character development that you were doing as growing in your role as a business owner salesperson entrepreneur right. but it's the same skills that are necessary the same dedication talk a little bit about that transformation
0: What was interesting is, number one, the biggest thing was what we just talked about, you know, realizing that the most authentic point of my work as an actor was the audition when I walked in and thought I had it before I even opened up my mouth. And I said I did casting for a while, so I was on the other side of that. And to have somebody walk in and then gather themselves. Now, I want people to think if you ever, like you said, not everybody that is an entrepreneur sells. They had to sell at some point. Even if you have a team that is selling for you, you have to sell at some point right. in order to get the first leg up. You know, you've you 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 you've got to. That's just that's part of it. You have to say, here's my idea, whether you're going for the loan from the bank or you're enrolling your first employee or your first uh, associate or your first alliance that is going to help you promote or you, you're selling yourself. And so. I think that was probably the biggest lesson is to realize that you walk in with that assumption and you walk in clearly knowing that this is what something that is going to happen. That was the biggest lesson that I walked away from. And you know, other than that, there was really so much that came from the actual craft that I did not, as you said, you were so right, Adam. I did not associate it with success as an entrepreneur at all, but the ability to get along with difficult people. Relationship. I mean, yes, you could say, oh, all the relationships that I did for all those years in soap operas were not even real. No, they weren't real, but they had the basis for me and having to understand what emotions are all about. Why do people react in a certain way? If I didn't learn that, I couldn't play it. And that greatly helped me when I had to work with a, a co-star, and usually it was a very close co-star. In other words, like somebody that I was in a love relationship with, or you know, on screen with all the time. And three times, I kid you not, this is so rare. I realize it's rare now that I'm out of the you know that world. Three times I was offered a role, directly offered a role, and three times that role was opposite somebody that was difficult, quote unquote difficult. <laughs> And I realized this when the third time, you know, I had a day that started off and the producer comes in and goes, how'd it go? And I looked and I said, is that person like this all the time? And he goes, yeah, yeah you can <laughs> handle that, right? And then I realized that I had worked for that same producer with somebody else that was very difficult. And the gift in that was I ended up loving all of these people. And because I was able to see, and I'm not like saying this to, to say I'm so great, but I was able to look at them and see something beautiful inside of them because that's what I do. I go inside people and I pull the stuff out that is the gem. And I had to do that in order to sell that I was close with this person on camera. <laughs> realize that, that it's got to look real,
1: right? Right. So Especially I w- ev- every day. Every day. day. Dedicated and- watchers
0: yes they're, they're looking know. so close yeah and and they're you know the screen is like up in your face and you're it's it's very very intimate the soap opera acting world and so when i was doing the soaps that was something i had to really make real for me i had to actually love this person that many people maybe were being put off by on the set at that time and the blessing was once i actually found that lovely thing it was almost like they felt like they were seen and every time their demeanor on set changed and they became easier to get along with. And I did not realize that until the third time. And and it was amazing and it was a great lesson because there will be people, let's just say your businesses and these are entrepreneurs, entrepreneur-minded people, real estate. I work with a lot of luxury real estate people. You don't always get to choose who's on the other side of that deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes they are people that push your buttons, right? And you've got to get the deal done. You've got to make this happen. It may be a supplier for somebody in a different type of business. It may be something that your hands are tied to. you like, i got to make it work with this person. And to know that it is possible to find the lovely inside the person that may be on the outside not so lovely. And when you look for the lovely, suddenly it's like, okay, I can deal with that. And you speak to that, like you literally speak to that piece of that person. So I saw a lovely maternal piece of a woman that was very difficult to deal with. And I just started dropping things as I walked by and I would say in the makeup room, go, "Um, I think it's awesome that your kids are doing that. It's fantastic. He was talking about her school that she sends them to and what they were doing. I said, I think it's so incredible that they're, you know, that they're in that program. Um, Kudos to you for actually seeing the value in that. And I just kept walking by. And that would just drop these little things, just said, hey, I see you as being a great mom because that was something that was important to her. That's what changed everything. Had nothing to do with the
1: conversations at work. Interesting. And that's something that you now help other people see in themselves. And therefore, once you see it yeah. yourself, you can see it in other people. And yeah. I, w- I want to ask you this. The, one of the, the words that I am not in love with in today's society, um, you know, is the B word branding. Oh, <laughs> because, uh, like, fine. what have you uh, heard? <laughs> people use branding yes. almost as a cover for everything, right? Yeah. If I can help you build your brand, you don't have to be confident. You don't have to know your stuff. You don't right. have to be good at what you do. You should go build a brand and while mm. you are a branding expert, quote unquote, I don't, you know, and, you, and by the way, everyone here, go to Sandra D D E E robinson.com slash brand dash bundle dash gift. I'll put it in yeah. the show notes. Um, it's her gift to all of you. It, it's a step-by-step um, outline of, of what you can do, but branding starts inside. Most people do branding to make the outside pretty. But even if you've got a great brand, if you're terrible and not confident on the inside, (laughs) it doesn't really matter. Tell me a little bit about that. And you can disagree with me because this is your space, not mine. But I see people spending money and their time trying to cover stuff up with a brand.
0: Yeah. Um, Such a good point. Yes. Um, Now, I don't need to be a genius to remind people that a brand is not a logo, a brand is not a website. But the ironic thing is a lot of people do start with that. And they think if this is showy enough, I can build something that will fit it. This is showy enough, it's gonna attract people. And that's just the opposite of what should be happening. So my specialty is actually in personal brand. And if you are the face of your business, which includes, by the way, as I mentioned before, real estate people that are entrepreneur minded, right? They may work with an, a label over their head that says such and such real estate company, but they are their own individual person walking into the deal. And so they have their own brand. Everybody has their own personal brand, whether you're honing it to the best of your ability and your potential is up to you. But I think it is so incredibly important For me to instill in my clients that a brand should come from the true authentic core and authentic authenticity is one of those words like branding that has been dragged through the mud and manipulated and and everything so my my goal is to bring it back to the the real meaning of it because it's so powerful when you realize that the authentic core is what your natural gifts your strengths in communication in your talents your passions, your values. In other words, what are the things that you stand for no matter what? Yes. Guess what? This is part of your brand. When you talk about niching down, it's not just looking at demographics and numbers. It's actually what moves you. That is what is going to be what gets you up in the morning. Remember the actress that said, I would just shrivel up and die if I couldn't do this. You only get there when you build your brand around that authentic core. And then I have a little triangle diagram. I actually think it's part of the bundle that we talked about. There's a diagram that I do that's a triangle. The top of it is a a circle and in there is everything that we work on with my clients that is the strengths, the gifts, the, the things that they've had since they were born that are naturally in them to make them their true greatness. The passions the purpose all of that stuff is at the top of that's what you really strive to support at all times the bottom two corners of the triangle are actions that you take in order to be in alignment with that if your actions that are being offered to you are not in alignment don't take it um it helps with decision making quite a bit and the other aspect of that the other corner of that triangle is literally the words the language that you use so how does your language actually line up with what your core authentic self wants to lead into? What is it that you want to accomplish? What's the impact that you want to make with your business? Does your language actually support that? And sometimes with my private clients, we get down into literal word shifts, like taking words out and avoiding certain words in order to speak to a certain level of success. So the big difference if you're talking to somebody that is striving and looking for someone that is a guru versus somebody that is already at the C-suite level. The language is completely different. Not saying that you have to, you know, not saying that one can't make you as much money as the other just depends on who it is that you're actually marketing to. So these are the things that are really into what branding is. From that, then guess what? It's hella easier to be able to figure out what colors you want to put on your website. And, you know, what your catchphrase is going to be, because you know all of the other stuff. You That's what you do first. You do the inside work first, which sometimes is a lot harder than hiring somebody to do a logo. So guess what? You do the hard stuff first. And then everything else gets a lot easier.
1: I bet. I spent yeah. almost $5 on my logo. Um,
0: <laughs> I spent 20 in on my first one. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Fiverr. <laughs>
0: the-
1: I want to talk a little bit, you know, working on the inside, but you know, inside voice versus outside voice. And I'm not talking about us as kids. I'm talking about the (laughs) the language and the words that we use. Yes. Right. When you're working with people, yes, you can, there are some people that have amazing personas and say the right things outwardly, but inwardly, um, you know, they're not necessarily in love with themselves. Yeah. Um, and you can hate yourself and still be super successful financially. And sometimes yeah. that drives some people, but talk a little bit about that when you're working with people. Um, how do you differentiate inside versus outside? And Oof. and what should people be thinking about? Obviously we want people to think good about themselves Yeah. Um, because strength inside will give you confidence on the outside, but talk a little bit about sure. that because there's a lot of us that beat ourselves up um, even people that are that have good lives still beat ourselves up here and there. Oh
0: yeah. I have seen, yeah. And I'm one of those people first hand up. Um, that's a struggle that I have. That, you know, I keep thinking, I'm over all this stuff from my childhood. How many else, how many other people out there might be listening going, yeah, that's me too? Um, but it pops up, you know, it's like whack-a-mole. It's like you think it's done on this side and then it comes up on the other side, you're like, darn it. <laughs> Uh, so yes, there is, there are going to be some demons that follow people around at every level of success. I remember my first experience with that was walking out of a room with a woman that at the time I thought was worth an ungodly amount of money. I mean, the family had, you know, at that time millions, which to me growing up the way I grew up, that was a lot of money. And I remember turning around and walking back in the room and she was in tears. She had barely gotten through the public event that she had just been in. And that was as long as she could hold it together. And that is, that's being human, you know, Um, we're going to have those times. Yes. I work with my clients a lot. um, As much as I work with myself, I would think on self talk and recognizing where some of those repetitive phrases that repeat in our mind come from. And know that they are not ours to own. And it's a journey for sure. And it's not always an easy one. I mean, there were the time that I realized that some of those things that were going over in my head came from someone that never had the right to give me them in the first place was like, wow. And my goal is if you read some of my stuff on my website, it says to move people from where they are to where they are designed with a capital D to be. And it doesn't matter what your parents told you. It doesn't matter what your boss told you, what your ex husband or ex wife told you, Uh, what really matters is how God sees you. And sometimes that's a little hard to see when you're in that, you know, I mean, let's face it, depression is very, very prominent. 2020 with COVID didn't help that all that much. So there's, I'm speaking to a lot of people when I say that it can feel like it's an uphill battle to actually accept yourself and see yourself that way. But Ultimately, we're human. We're all flawed, every one of us. And God likes us and thinks that we're destined for greatness anyway. We're designed that way. So we can either choose to own it. And I love this. We can have momentary, momentary pity parties. I used to have them for long periods of time. <laughs> then I ran into, going kind to of share a quick story. I ran into a woman that, um, At one point, I love her for this. She's a beautiful woman. You look and think that there's like, one of those people like, oh, has no problem, you know, nothing wrong in her world at all. Well, there was a time when she opened up basically a department store. And for whatever reason, none, she went to open up one day and none of her employees showed up. I don't know what the situation was, but the point was they all basically abstained and did not show up. And she called her mother And her mother and her basically ran the entire department store for the day. But she said before she did that, she had a pity party. And she goes, I looked at my watch, I hid down below one of the counters with the checkout on it. And she said, I gave myself 11 minutes. And I just thought that was so funny, (laughs) I'm like, why 11 minutes? And she goes, I don't know. It just sort of like, like God said, you can have 11 minutes and then you got to get your stuff together, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so to this day, if I have like, you know, something that crushes me, like I had one even this morning where I got an email from somebody and realized that I was not included on this list of people and I had every right to be included on this list of people. And so I was like, wait a minute, I thought I was part of this mission. And now my name isn't there. It's probably just an oversight. But for the (laughs) moment, I took it like totally personally, right? And I said, all right, I'm going to give myself three minutes to mourn over this and then I'm going to move on. And it's really funny, like if you give yourself permission to go to that space and then you kick your own butt, like it gets it gets easier to kick your own butt on the way out of it. But but it's okay to go there. It's just not okay to stay,
1: you know? Totally. I, I learned at one point, and I don't I don't even remember who told me this, but when you're feeling bad about yourself, call five people and ask them what's going on in their lives. And Somewhere before you get to number five, you're going to be like, whoa, (laughs) I guess things aren't that bad in my life because you never know. I mean, I talked to a friend um, who had a business that went from two and a half million at the beginning of COVID to zero 13 days later because it was a chiropractic Uh and physical therapy. People weren't going in. He's finally back to a million after 15 months because people are finally going back and it was like i could be bitching about whatever i want but he went from two and a half million and 23 employees to zero in 13 days right yeah. so no yeah. matter what's going on in your life um the good news is somebody's life's worse and <laughs> I don't know if that's you, good you news we can support each other <laughs> in that right it's it's a weird way to think about it but it helps get you out of that sort of pity thing so it, transitioning you, to um, something slightly more uplifting. First, entertaining. So I was a Days of Our Lives and Another World guy in college, not gonna lie, um, mainly because we lost the remote and our TV was stuck on channel 12 (laughs) and they were back to back. But I did watch Days for years and years and years. And then Another World came on after it. Um, And I know those were two of the shows you were on. But transitioning back to, um, you know, As we we wrap up, just your journey. So, you know, actress, successful, good morning America, stuff on um, Home Shopping Network, QVC. You've done a lot of stuff in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And you came to a business where you're essentially helping people essentially behind the scenes, right? You do stuff as people continue to grow with you on how to look good in front of a camera, how to position yourself, how to talk, how to do that. But a lot of it is really behind the scenes stuff. So you were front and center and you're coaching people behind the scenes. I'm guessing there was a lot behind the scenes that we didn't see when we saw you on screen, right? So tell us a little bit about that transition.
0: You know, it's funny. I never even thought of it as a transition before. Uh, It was really comfortable for me. I started, uh, while I was still on on TV, I started with one of my coaches because I spent, you know, gosh, seven years, 13 coaches, so many different modalities, conferences. I mean, I reached out for help in every possible way that was there because I knew that there was this huge chasm between who people thought I was and who I actually felt that I was. So in order to find my purpose, I felt I knew I was called to do something. Bigger than what I was doing as an actor, and I just didn't know what it was, so until I discovered who the heck I was you know what I was all about um, that's the reason that i I did this this journey and during that time i I hired a coach that would help me on camera kind of hosting doing things like that and she said to me she goes hey would you just teach for me i think you got this down would you just teach some of the new people for me and i'm like i i'm not a teacher i'm i'm a follower i'm not and it's so funny because like that's all it takes is one person right Adam, to like totally shift your direction in life to where you maybe are designed to be but you don't see it until somebody gives you that opportunity so that that was exactly what happened and i ended up teaching television hosts um, now television hosts are more experts and they build the, the, the show around them. But in, I guess it was, uh, gosh, mid 2000s, I suppose, it was still people could learn a skill and get a show or come and host, a, you know, they, they were jump from show to show as, as hosts. And so what was interesting is I loved doing that. As much as I loved being in front of the camera, I loved having my people I was working with say they booked something. Because I knew that they booked something because of who they were. It wasn't the skills they had. It was the fact that they jumped in and they celebrated who they were. It was their personal brand that was showing. And that allowed them to book and make money. And that, to me, was just as good, if not better, than me being out there. It's like, look what I did. you know. Um, So I guess it's kind of like that the acting for me was something that was outside of me. It wasn't really me. And when I have my clients succeed, whether it's getting on camera and doing something as a host, or whether it's speaking for a conference when they've never heard their voice in a microphone before, I've had people do that. It's one of, the, my, one of my biggest thrills is to help people do that, to have them host a podcast, hope, you know, do videos, interview people when they've never done that before. And they find this whole other part of themselves. That to me is so much more rich than seeing myself on camera. Like, I love speaking, I, but I love speaking because I can see people light up and take something with them when they leave. So if I feel like I've delivered something given value, that is much more fulfilling to me than to be in front of a camera, doing a character for what it's worth.
1: No, it's, it's awesome. And it's interesting. And you know, for some reason I can do a podcast, I can get on stage and speak to people. I can be in a room and if I'm in a meeting, I take over that meeting, not in a negative way. It's just natural, but I can't do a Facebook live to save my life. Like I literally am just unwilling to do it. Uh, And I I can't explain. (laughs) That's a mindset shift.
0: I can help you with that.
1: Goes into that. Uh, So everyone who's listening, y'all need to go to Sandra D that's D W E Robinson.com slash brand slash bundle slash. Sorry. It's actually brand brand
0: dash dash bundle dash
1: gift. And um, and and get the free information, which clearly I need based on uh, <laughs> what I just admitted to y'all. Um, but so you need to start there. Mm-hmm. But for people who are you know listening and they're like, I need to bring some of my inner self out a little bit. I want to raise my internal confidence. I want to begin mm-hmm. this process. Where do they start? Like, what's the first thing somebody does to position themselves to get ready to? make the changes that you're talking about that you help your clients with
0: there there's there's so many things and it really depends on the person so like my my coaching is very as i would realize finally that it's bespoke so i like to work with people wherever they are however they think whatever um path they're already on and and work with it that way so it's extremely organic but i would think one of the first things that i can give people to do like an action step that they can take from this Um, And there's part of it that that supports it actually in the bundle and the gift that I'm giving you guys. There is um, there's something that we call touch points of the brand. So I do a personal branding two day thing with people. Um, It's the first thing I do when I'm working with somebody, no matter how much they're paying me, if they're working with me for six months or a year, it doesn't matter. The first thing I do is this process. And part of that process is understanding what your touch points of your brand are. So take a look at everything from, and I break it down to before, during, and after a client experience. So before the client experience, if they're hunting for you or they've been referred to you, what is it that they get touched with? Is it your website? Is it your voicemail? Um, what is, is it your card? All of those things, does it evoke, does it make you, do you love it? Does it evoke the thing that gets you excited to get up in the morning? Does it, does it echo that? Is it a good example? Cause a brand to me, my favorite definition is it's the promise of an experience. So what does your signature of your email say about you? When somebody does meet you say they're in the client process. What does it say about you? What do your videos say? Those are all touch points of your brand. And then even once a client is supposedly done with you, how do you keep up with them? What are the touch points then? What, what do they still experience? Is it all congruent? And those touch points, sometimes people overlook some of the most important ones. I am blown away when I call someone's voicemail and it's an automated, you know, you have reached number, blah, 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 blah. Oh my like, gosh, that is a moment for me to hear your voice for me to feel energetically connected to you and Adam you're a speaker the reason that you don't feel comfortable with facebook lives is because there's no audience there to feed back to you i mean there is but they're not actually
1: like right there right, right. so In i'm thinking person, somehow i can see their faces it's On an energy facebook, thing. they're they're, yes. they're judging me evidently yes exactly exactly
0: <laughs> and 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 it's it is it's a mindset shift and, and it's you know it's a little bit of believing in something you can't see. There's a lot of faith that's involved in that for sure, but that's what that is. So as human beings, especially if you're a speaker, you're so used to that feedback, like instant feedback, knowing the temperature of the other person, where is the conversation? Like I was talking about getting along with difficult people. I would touch on something and then leave the conversation. And there's a game that you play with your energy in order to make the best outcome from the, from the circumstance, whatever that is. So Facebook Live, it feels like it's a one-way thing. Video feels like it's a one-way thing. So it's yeah. it's a little awkward. So I get it. But the, um, the, the touch point that would be even your voicemail, that's a moment for somebody to actually feel you. And I tried to explain this to somebody that came here. In fact, um, we hired someone to come and detail our cars, which costs several hundred dollars, let's just say. And I'm giving him access. I'm opening my gate. I'm giving him access to my property. And at no point did I get anything other than a text. And he came highly recommended, right? They were quick about the texts. Like I asked questions and, you know, they were quick about saying, Oh, he'll show up at this time, blah, blah, blah. I go, by the way, what's his name? all I had was the name of the company and the, the company is texting me. I'm like, who is coming to my house? Like it was, and I said to him later, I go, dude, your touch points are so off. If you're targeting high net worth people and you want to be led inside their gate, they got to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want you to call me and say, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And my name is, right? So, that's something to consider. What are the touch points of your brand actually saying about the experience that you're promising? It's huge.
1: I love that. Um, I think I'm just going to get rid of the whole thing and just record those last two minutes and (laughs) that's what we'll put out for the world. No, it was an awesome conversation. (laughs) Again, thank you so much for just digging into just different things, right? A random conversation about your life and how it contributed to the business you have, and the way you help people today. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate the time.
0: Thank you for doing what you do.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode of The Entrepreneur's MBA. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com.